On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, we readdress the Josh Jacobs problem. Nate Hobbs is back, baby. We discuss how much responsibility does the defense actually have and Raiders versus Chargers preview. And we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. Raiders! Touchdown, Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. December. A December to remember. Already upon us. Ready for 2023? Get your Christmas shopping done? Or even started? Or even thought uh, about it? No, I got, I got, I got most of it done. I got most really? of it done. Just got a couple. Of, yeah, yeah. I'm very simple. I, I go, I go for themes. Yeah. You know, I know everyone who I'm buying for, mm-hmm. and I just go for themes. So I, I the, the places where I do shop for people, for the most part, not everyone gets the same thing, but uh, it's I'm, I'm, I'm very efficient. Very, very few stops. I know what I like. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. I just buy it. As a, I'm a, I'm a well-trained husband in the sense that. I've made it abundantly clear how terrible of a gift purchaser I am. So the wife takes care of 100% of all gift buying. And then what I need to get for her, she literally just texts me a link of exactly what she wants and where to get it. And then I'm oh, done. Oh, that's, 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 come that's on, the RJ. safest route to go. Trust me. If you've seen my gift. I mean, giving. Yeah, it is a safe route, but I mean, she can at least give you an idea and then you go from there. There was one time I went with like, oh, let me get something really, really thoughtful instead of something like nice and like kind of, ex- you know, Vicky, she's got, she's got her tastes. It's like, all right, let's get something like super thoughtful instead of expensive. But then I bailed last minute and got her the expensive thing. Cause I was just like, all right, I don't think this uh, is going to Dude, you should have just gone for it. At yeah. least now you know, now you know. Yeah, but I'd rather just like not have to think about it or ever do it. You know what I mean? She does it all. Come on, man. This is the hard I mean, part, though. If I ever have like a side chick or a mistress, I'm, I'm not going to know what to do. Because like, how do I go to my wife and be like, hey, what do I get this 25-year-old stripper in Vegas with, with fake cans? Bro, lingerie, bro. Lingerie all day. Lingerie every time? Yep. That's a gift for both of y'all. That's, That's what I'm saying. If she's a side piece, lingerie, easy. Easy. In and out. Easy. Uh, question of the day. And we will post this question down in the comment section pinned. Kind of a selfish and personal one. We are uh, fastly approaching 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Dang, dangerously you. close. Thank you, all of you, for, yes. uh, for helping us reach this milestone. So not to count our, our eggs before they're hatched, because we're not there yet, but we're, we're pretty damn close. What should we do to celebrate 5,000 subscribers? Do we do something selfish, and then we just go to the titty bar, you and I? Do we do something nice for all the subscribers? Maybe a special episode that takes forever and takes a lot of time and doesn't get a lot of views, but... As a thank you to you guys, I don't know. What do you think? I got a couple ideas bouncing around in my head. Let's hear them. Uh, the main idea is is a is a, a show dedicated to the Gruden Mayock era. So we that's going to be interesting. We analyze every single free agent move and draft pick, kind of a where are they now okay. type of thing. Um, so not like the games they played or like the moments, just, uh, personnel stuff. Yeah. Personnel stuff. Because 
I think they're they're what four year because it was four drafts, right? No, three drafts. Four. 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, you're right. So it was four drafts. Those four drafts and off seasons were epically bad. Epically bad. So I think it would be kind of fun. Uh, in hindsight, it, it, they were epically yeah. bad. But I remember some of those I was like super pumped on. When we picked up two linebackers, I thought, oh, finally, great. Two linebackers. We'll have a linebacking core for the first time ever. <laughs> I, I was Honestly, I was more jazzed for, for Kwiatkowski than I was for Littleton. Because mm-hmm. the first thing I thought of was he's not going to Aaron Donald being up double and triple teams left and right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I, even though I still whiffed on Kwiatkowski, I was like, I was, I was jazzed about him. And then I was like, ah, he played okay his first year and then just took a dump. Yeah. Well, that's one idea. You said you had a couple. That's the main one. The other ones are kind of like titty bar, you know? <laughs> well, that's why it's the question of the day. Because it's not things we think of. Uh, what should we do to celebrate 5,000 subscribers? Uh, maybe that's when we start doing swag. Maybe then. Maybe take uh, take our game up a notch. I don't know. We're, we're wide open for ideas. Please let us know. Because we'll be at 5,000 subscribers here uh, in just a few days. So question of the day. Pin down there. Let us know. Very curious. Uh, so we have an awesome problem to have. And we broached this topic six weeks ago. I saw this coming a mile away. You saw it coming a mile away. We have a Josh Jacobs problem. And the problem is, at the time, last season, last offseason, we did not give him his fifth-year option. Right? Rookie contract, fifth-year option. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season. And we all agreed unanimously that was the right move. He gets hurt every year, basically a two-down back. There's just so many good, cheap running backs everywhere. Devontae Booker had a uh, higher uh, yards per carry than Josh Jacobs in the season they played together. So it's like, I mean, come on, like $10 million back and $800,000 back. And there's basically the same production. It seemed like a no brainer, right? Now he's going off. He is the NFL rushing leader out of everybody. Not Nick Chubb, not Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Joshua fucking Raider boy Jacobs, 1,159 yards, and we're in week 13. <laughs> yeah, man, he's uh, he's killing it. Um, Nine touchdowns, 5.4 yards per carry. So we basically have three options, right? Um, we can give him an extension at any time, right? We can go to him with go to his agent with an offer and say, be a Raider for X number of years. What do you think? Raiders can franchise tag him. And the number of that franchise tag, I've seen as low as like nine and a half million. And I've seen it as high as 12 and a half million. It's the average of the top five. So it's going to, not exactly sure what that number is, but it's somewhere between nine and like 13, right? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's that high. I think it's lower. I've seen, yeah, I've seen varying. It's, it's somewhere in there, nine to 13. I'm kind of leaning towards the nine and a half. Yeah. Or number three, uh, we let him hit the open market. And he signs anywhere, right? Um, I think what everybody wants is for us to extend him now. Or ASAP, or kind of a handshake deal before the season's over. 
whatever it may be. The question is, what would that number look like? And would Josh Jacobs' agent be stupid enough to let his client not hit the open market after the season he's having? Well, it's not all about what the agent wants. If Josh Jacobs does make it a priority to the agent saying, yeah, I, w- I do want to stay here. And if they're willing to negotiate now, because look, man, Josh Jacobs knows any play could be his last. Sure. So it's like, okay, I, I want to stay here. If they're willing to negotiate during the season, let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I think that we can maybe even get away with making that first year kind of like we pick up this fifth year uh, and then have it, you know, increase from there as the salary cap increases and kind of like finagle it a little bit similar to what we did with cars contract. Uh, so we do have options. And uh, I think, I think it's, I'm very conflicted about this because you don't pay running backs. You don't pay them long-term, but damn, on one side, I'm like, dude, he's a special back. He's showing us how he's how special he is. But why does he have to wait till a contract year to fucking show us? You know what I'm I, saying? I, I, I've tweeted it, and I talked about it in the last show. I'm like, can we have him have a contract? Can we like, turn down his fifth-year option every year? It's like... This is what pisses me off about fucking about athletes. It's like, just don't give me this shit. Like, you know, I, you we all know it's a contract year. And now you're, and now you decide, and it happens all the freaking time. Yeah, it's like, why can't you just do this and just, just give us a little bit more of a peace of mind? Honestly, like, I, I'm leaning towards trying to sign a shorter term contract with him, mm. or something that we can get out of in a couple of years. But I don't know if it's gonna work out because it's, I just, you just don't pay running backs like that, like. If he's shown us that he was he's been a Derrick Henry type, I'm not saying Derrick Henry exactly, but like a guy who every and then Derrick Henry did get hurt last year. He came back this year and he's what number two in the league right now or number three? Yeah. And he's been doing it for what five seasons now? Like consistently been a top five running Six, back for five, five seasons, seasons in a yeah. row, right? Like it's he's got a longer got, track record. Well, like if if you pay if you pay like a Nick Chubb, he does every year. He does it like a yeah. You know, you pay um, you know Henry every year. He does it. Um, Saquon Barkley's back. He already got paid, so now he's showing you, hey, you know, when he's healthy, this is what you're gonna get. McCaffrey's back. He's healthy, but there's not a lot of backs like that. It's just this whole one season of doing it thing, and I understand. Look. A thousand yards in sixteen games—it's like sixty-seven yards a game. It's not that many yards per game to hit a thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, but having having hit eleven hundred yards in what 10, 11 5. games yards per carry. Yeah. Feet to back. And he all gets, the receiving like, yards. He gets like eighty-five percent of our rush yards. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, can you count on it? That's. And I understand yeah. a lot of the fans out there, like they love Jacob. I knew he was this guy. I knew he could be this guy. Yeah, he can be this guy, but how often is he this guy? You know, can he be this guy every single year? Uh, or 
three out of four? Because that's what you're banking on if you're paying them all this money. And I don't ever want to bring up the I word, but this is the first year he hasn't gotten injured. I mean, he gets injured multiple times every season in multiple spots. It's not like he's got this like lingering shoulder issue or lingering knee issue. It's like this weird chest thing, and then it's an ankle thing, and then it's something else random. And it's and this was going back to college. In college, he got injured multiple times too. And he wasn't even the lead back at Bama. Like he wasn't even getting like, oh, he's a 30 carry a game dude. He's like, no, he's he's getting injured in a running back by committee. So that's still always a lingering thing. And I can, you know, I just keep having these uh like post-traumatic stress of this Darren Waller contract where or Renfro you know, with Jake, you have to make a decision, right? We either lose him or keep him. With Waller, mm-hmm. it's like he had two years left on his contract. We still extended him, and then he hasn't given us a full game since. It's like Yeah. And look, well, look at Renfro. Renfro, it's like it was it was a little bit of fool's gold. I'm not saying he's not a good receiver, but he's not the type of I mean, what happened when you don't need to pay a hunter Renfro that much money if you have a Devontae Adams. Because that guy's gonna get most of your your looks, and you can get away with having like a Mac Hollins or a different type of guy. You don't need to have a uh a, a pay a, a hunter Renfro like that kind of money. Did the ice cream truck just drive through your no, living room right it's, now. It's it's a, a my alarm. It's 9 p.m. I need to start winding it down. I would uh, love to have the ice cream truck song in my life more. Like, like that? that should be that should be my wake up alarm because you're never gonna be sad when you hear the ice cream truck. You know what I mean? Instead of like a ah, 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 it's ding, like ding, oh yeah, I'm gonna get a couple big sticks. Best. Yeah, I bet you do like a big sticks. Yeah. But no, they're, they're, that that's the thing is like okay, I understand a lot of the people on on the uh, on the chats are like oh you gotta sign him. I knew he was this back and this and that blah blah blah. Okay, you knew he was, but it took him to his fourth year to be that guy. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't good a couple of years, you know, it's a thousand yard seasons, but again, hitting a thousand yards is not, it's not the, if you're like the lead back, he doesn't have these type of back. He's like a, a, not a committee here. He is your lead rusher. He's your mm-hmm. lead back, right? It's not like, let's say, for example, the Cowboys, where they have Zeke and they have Pollard, they, they split carries, right? It's, he's your guy, right? So to get a thousand yards is, it's, it's almost like saying he made the Pro Bowl. It's like, dude, like, Nine people in the same position make the Pro Bowl every single year. So it's like all pro is like, okay, that's something. Pro Bowl is like, okay, fucking, you know, Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl. Like, you know, it's like it's not that big of a deal. I don't think so. I don't think it's that big of an accomplishment as it was previously. So when you have, like, when you pre- when guys are telling me in, in, the, in the comments, like, oh, yeah, you have to pay him. He's, he's this back and he's this and he's that. Yeah, but if, if you get it every four years, is it worth it? Uh, it also comes down to, to like, all right, let's say you do pick them up. Well, let's say you, let's just say you franchise, franchise tag them, right? Mm-hmm. But for, let's say for, for the sake of argument, $10 million, right? Franchise tag, 10 mil next season, right? Out the door. Then you got to make a choice. Are we, did we, did we trade Waller to free up, free up that space? Do we trade Renfro to free up that space? Did we trade Carr to free up that space? That's the question you're asking. It's like, okay, what are we giving up? to pay a running back $10 million who has a massive history of being super injury prone. That's, that's the sacrifices you make. Like, and, yeah. it's, and, I, and I get it right after, after, after Sunday's performance, 303 yards, like that was one of the greatest rushing performances I have ever witnessed in my life. Not, this isn't hyperbole in the, in the NFL no. of NFL games. I watched that was one of the most brilliant performances I've ever had to witness in a game. I watched start to finish. It's Absolutely a- unbelievable. And the thing is, is a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, a good offensive line will make a, a, a regular back seem like a good back. 
Well, this is him getting yards after contact. Like he's yeah. he's dragging guys for two, three, four, five, six. Stiff yards arming nose tackle. God, like he's 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 doing a lot of this on his own. And he's doing and the stuff that he like he had never done before. Breaking one for 30, breaking one for 86. That was something he never did before. Yeah, like, showing that right. pop. Yeah. He was always look, he was always a great bruiser between the tackles. What should be a three-yard rush, he turns into a six, right? Like his pass blocking's gotten better, his catching has gotten better. And now it's like the one thing he never was good at, he did twice in yeah. Sunday's game. Yeah, and so he's, it's he's legit. It's he super, is. He's, 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 that's what makes it so difficult. He's so super look. legit. Great teammate. Team love. He's got a Raider fucking tattoo. Yeah. And maybe that's the saving, maybe that's the saving grace. Because it's it's I think we we romanticize players' relationships to their teams too much. I think I think we, you know, because we have that and sometimes it's tough to relate. These guys, it's a business. And there's and there's varying degrees of exceptions, right? Derek Carr had a random, very rare, almost never exception, semi-team friendly deal. But uh Devontae Adams, yeah, he wanted to play for the Raiders, but he also was the he also he also made him the highest paid receiver in football too. So it's like, but he also gave up more money with the Packers, right? So he did want to come here. That's what I'm saying. Like he took a a five percent pay cut to play where he wanted, right? Which is money's money, bro. Which is, well, this is like normal humans. Like I'm the same way. Like with 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 my with my work, it money's a big thing. It's the biggest thing. But what I but what I take like ten percent less to be able to work from home instead of have an hour and a half commute. Absolutely. Like that quality. Yeah, like, so sure. it's like things like that, right? Like there's varying degrees. So I'm, I'm hoping that that 10% is Josh Jacobs wanting to stay with Las Vegas. Right. So if some team doubles his salary, like he's gone. Right. No, yeah. no question. But if there's, you know, a team wants them, they're only paying like, you know, a couple mil more. Also, Nevada doesn't have a sale uh, uh, income tax. That helps, you know. Whatever you know, the three hundred bucks is going to cost to cover up that Raider tat or whatever he does with it, right? Like, uh, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get a. Li- a we're not going to get a massive discount, but hopefully, he's like, you know what? I like it here. I'm going to stick around, and I'll take, I'll take a, I'll take a tiny shot in the bank account to be able to stay where I want. So here's here's the the argument for franchise tagging. It gives you another season to negotiate during the season. So if you talk to you, know, actually, what it does is it gives you a longer negotiation period before free agency, and it and it basically artificially creates another contract year, which Correct. is where Josh Jacobs thrives, apparently. Correct. So if you see it two years in a row under the franchise tag, if you start, if let's say this time next season he has a similar impact, uh, then you can go ahead and feel a little bit more comfortable in. Uh, extending him for a longer term, uh, for more dollars. But I just, I just, dude, I, I have like nightmares about like the Zeke contract. You know what I'm saying? And like all yeah. the years, all the years, because like Tony, Tony Pollard's a better back than freaking Zeke. He is. He's more. He's he's better. He's just as good a runner in between the tackles. He's got more pop. He's a better receiver. Uh, he's faster. Um. He doesn't get hurt. So it's like, you know, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough because I get nightmares because of that. I get nightmares because of look at before this season, what McCaffrey's been going through, like missed basically two seasons. Barkley, the same thing. Missed basically, yeah. you know, majority of two seasons. It's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, 
you know, look at Todd Gurley, same thing. Uh, yep. He got paid in autumn or just right away gets hurt and is a shell of himself. So um, I don't know, man. It's it's really tough. And, like, the rule is don't fall in love with the running back. And uh, It's a brutal he, position. It, he has a brutal is. running style, and he has a brutal history with injuries. And, again, like, the, the, the thing that always comes back to me is Devontae Booker had almost a yard per carry higher than Josh Jacobs has. Now, I'm not saying Devontae but Booker's better. I'm just saying undrafted free agent for like 800 grand a season, $10 million running back. Is Devontae, is, is, is Josh Jacobs 12 times the player of, of a Devontae Booker? No. One thing we can do, though, we can look at is if, if this is a big if, okay, and I'm qualifying it with the if here, okay, guys? So don't, don't fucking kill me here. If this coaching staff really does believe in the young players on the offensive line, you can kind of say, okay, because we're not paying these young guys a lot of money and still developing that line, it would be better to use that money on Jacobs because of his running style and his ability to make yards after contact. Yeah. You know, that's that's really one of the only things I can see. But other than that, man, like if you're if you're having to pay a lot of money to, to beef up this offensive line, then you just can't you 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 can't spend a lot of money on the running back. Um, just to, like back to my point on how players, it's like it's like a business to them. Did you see this when um, Josh Jacobs did his interview after the game, and Devonte Adams came behind him and made the money sign? I sure did. Like, if I'm a business minded guy, and Devonte Adams is a very smart guy, I'm like. I want Josh to sign for as little as possible so we can build a team around. So I get a great running back and extra money to make this team better. But that's not how players think. Players like, no, like, no, Jacobs is my boy. My and priority one is for him to get his money. More important yep. than winning, more important than this team, more important than the fans. It's a brotherhood. Like these guys, like it's, it's like a neutered version of going to war, right? Like you're not, when you're in the trenches, you're not fighting for your country. You're not fighting for your general. You're fighting for the guy in the foxhole with you. And this is, you know, obviously in a life and death situation, but a similar level to it. He's like, what I care about the most is me getting my money and my boys getting my money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it happened quite a few years ago, but uh, for, in, in basketball, there was a player for the Clippers. His name is Elton Brand. Uh, and he was up for a contract. Uh, he was a free agent. Uh, the Clippers traded for um baron davis and i'm like okay you know i'm I, 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 i'm not i'm a casual fan of basketball right so I'm like, okay you know the clippers look like they'll be better elton brandon you know they, this and that well they gave baron davis so much money and i, I i'm saying this because i heard the, an interview with both of them were on a panel type of interview and elton elton brand actually said hey baron i know you came here because i was here um but miami's offering me a ton of money and Baron Davis said, "Go get your money. Yep. Don't worry. I I know I came yep. here. I wanted to come here because you were one of the pieces. But if they're offering you a ton of money, go get your money. Yep. And I don't think anybody is going to tell somebody to take less money unless they're doing it themselves. And they I kind of agree on it together. Uh, but no, I mean, Josh Jacobs is going to go and get his money uh, unless it's Josh Jacobs' decision. It's not going to be anyone else telling him, hey, man, you should." you know, take less money and because look, ultimately, hopefully our front office is uh, better about contracts 
and is able to kind of move money around a little bit and give themselves some flexibility. And I think we're going to talk a little, we can actually talk a little about that with uh, cars contract. It's a little bit mm-hmm. different than what we thought. Uh, so we can maybe give him money without handcuffing ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's uh, one good thing going for us. Well, there's a bunch of good things going for us, but us Raider fans, right? We're so we're so handsome. Yep, that one. That's one of the things. Um, Josh Jacobs is gonna have a lot of competition next year. Here's a look at the 2023 free agent running running back class. These are all players that are set to be free agents next season. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, Jeff Wilson Jr., Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostert, and Rashad Penny. Dude, there's five guys on there that are legit starters that aren't starting right now. Those are that's tw- those are twelve. Paul, awesome running backs. Hunt, I guess Jamal Williams is a starter right now. He wasn't, mm-hmm. but now he is. Uh, Damian Harris and Rashad Penny because he's hurt. Those guys are legit starting level caliber running backs in this league that aren't starting right now. Well, I guess four yeah. not because Jamal's starting. But dude, there's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of competition out there. So that, so the, and this is the thing is like, if, you know, GMs are starting to kind of think more and more along the lines of like, don't pay big name running backs. There's just, there's like, look at this list. Like, there's just so many guys like available, right? And that doesn't include, you know, the, the next draft class coming up, got, you know, guys that aren't right. It's like, if you need a running back, if you're a GM and you're like, you know, I need a starting running back, you're in a great spot. You have a million options. You could, right? That's what I'm hoping more than anything keeps Josh J- Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. The fact that hopefully the market that he wants isn't out there the way that maybe he thinks he thinks it is. Um, so now, okay, if you're the now. NFL leading rusher, you're going to have offers, right? You're unquestionably yes. going to have offers. But you're a GM. You got a ton of options, and that's and that's the few GMs that are saying, "Okay, I'm willing to spend big money on a running back." That's just the 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 handful of GMs that are like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll dump big money into it," as opposed to this trend of undrafted free agents behind a decent line and a, and a smart OC can do can put up ninety percent of the production of a ten million dollar back. So there's one name on here that really worries me. And the reason why he worries me is because he is going to set a very high bar if indeed he does resign with his team. Why would a team do that? Because it's a team that's on the ascend. It's a team that's looking to build a culture. It's looking to send a strong message to the team. And that's Saquon Barkley. If you're the New York Giants, I don't think building off of this success that you're having right now and having him be such a big part of your offense I don't think you can let him walk out of the building mm-hmm. because you're you're wanting to build that culture and and send that message to the players. Hey, if you ball, we'll take care of our own type of thing. And another um, injury prone back. Yeah, but uh, he's showing again in the contract year. He's showing that he can stay healthy and he can produce and be basically their offense. He's basically their offense. Yeah. So um, if he signs, it's going to be big money, man, and that's going to make Josh Jacobs be like, hmm. I can get big money too. So that's the one that really worries me. Now, I, this is what I would do. We'll, we'll wrap this up here in a second. Wrap it up, B. Dave Ziegler, right? This is where he really needs to wow us. 
You shit the bed with Darren Waller. Shit the bed with Chandler Jones. Um, jury's still out. Jury's still out with Renfro for me. I know you're. Ooh, you're Renfro hasn't freaking. He's got more fumbles and touchdowns this year. Yeah, it was it was concussed ones. It's not normally his thing. But you're right. But like, look, the the you know the the results are on the field, right? Or not on the field because he's not on the field, right? Um, this is his chance to say like, oh, right, here's something I'm good at, right? Let me take a complicated reading the market situation and see what I can come up with. So hopefully, so I think it's gonna, this is what I think they should do. I think they should franchise tag him and trade him. But that is also dependent on where the market is going. Like you said, if Saquon Barkley gets a $60 million three-year deal and Miles Sanders gets a $40 million, right? Like if, if all these running backs start getting paid and you notice teams are hurting for you know a star. He's going to be an all-pro, an all-pro running back. You franchise tag him and trade him. I think that's the I think that's the move. Get some get something out of him without having to pay you know nine to thirteen million dollars for him. I think that's like obviously the best move would be you know give Jacobs offer Jacobs a contract we think he'd accept and he does. That's something we can deal with. But barring that, franchise. Yeah, it would have to be a contract that would give offers flexibility, not necessarily flexibility of having him under contract later, but flexibility to kind of move the numbers around a little bit in the future. Um, Some injury but, guarantees maybe in there? like if, um, Injury guarantees. Um, also, and the thing is, is injury guarantees aren't a huge deal, as, as, as huge a deal as they were in the past because a lot of these players do carry – their own injury insurance yeah uh but i mean it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good uh a good test to see what ziegler and and, and champ are, are are made of because um yep. it's gonna be very difficult to let him walk it's gonna be very difficult to sign him into a contract that's going to be um uh, conducive to building a roster um and it's at a position that's not a premium yeah it's weird this is this is wow us Ziegler. You're gonna yeah. It's gonna be it's it's gonna finally, be something that's above, above what I can think of uh, because they know all the rules and everything, and they have special capologist guys on their squad and all that stuff. So they got a team. Of fix, they got a team of nerd. Let me go with the nerds to the the nerdery. What's that from? What movie is that from? Let us know in the comments. Uh, Raider news. We're gonna hit you. Uh, we don't do a lot of like news and notes on this show because it's. We're more of a conversational show, but there's there's enough pieces of news. I want to hit all of them real quick. Um, Anthony Averett to IR. Great. Another DB. We're losing. Fabulous. I mean, he wasn't um, playing great anyway. So like... Not playing great, but, you know, at this point, we just need bodies. And one of those bodies is Tyler Hall. And he went from literally no one on planet Earth knew who he was to kind of everyone's sneaky little engine that could that we're all rooting for. Right, he had that sack two games ago. Mm-hmm. Basically, played no meaningful snaps ever in his career. Undrafted free agent, and now he's off the practice squad and signed. Yep. Now Hall has had five tackles in a sack in two games this season with the Raiders. But this is something I didn't even realize until I was reading through, you know, the numbers today. Tyler Hall had 32 defensive snaps, while Amik Robertson only was in four games, and Sidney Jones was inactive against Seattle. He had eight times as many snaps 
as Amik Robertson. Now, Amik isn't wowing anybody, but he was like competing for the starting position. We're like, okay, yeah, like multiple times in the season, preseason, like, oh, Amik's kind of impressing. Like, he might be, he might be our starter, you know? Hall's now beat that. So, regardless of what we think, clearly the coaching staff thinks Tyler Hall can be not just a body, but a genuine contributor. Yeah, he's obviously showing something in practice that he's a better option right now. I think before the two games ago, Tyler Hall had like 13 defensive snaps in like two years. He was just a special teams guy. So he's obviously showing something. He's normally a practice Uh, squad guy. So hopefully it keeps moving. Yeah, yeah. Most of his snaps were special teams when he got snaps. So, yeah, hopefully he's – He's going to help, uh, you know, make more, more plays. You know, we need – it's going to take more than a Tyler Hall to make the secondary decent. Uh, so let's hopefully he's some, keep making those big plays, man. Sacks, turnovers, just make those big plays. Uh, Sticking with the DB news, um, Jonathan Abram, our former first-rounder, who we waived a few, few games ago, uh, got picked up by the Packers. They cut him. Now the Seahawks picked him up. Just recently, literally, I think it was yesterday, Jonathan Avery got picked up again. Third team in three weeks. Um, is this a system you think that'll work better for him playing in Seattle? No. Because it's not like you can tell the opposing team, hey, when Abram comes in here, don't pass the ball. You got to run the ball. It's just not... I just don't – I said it in the beginning of the year, and uh, it's – he just – he just he can't cover and he can't play in the pass game. And if you're a safety, if you're a DB, you have to be able to cover. I don't care who you are. I don't care what, you know, what kind of skill set you bring. That, that's your baseline. If you bring other things, great. But you have to be able to cover. Um, Green Bay's defense is not good. Mm. Green Bay is – uh, decimated in the secondary and he couldn't even hang on there on a, with a, a bad defense who was had a lot of injuries in the secondary he couldn't even hang on there so yeah. unless he bulks up and tries to be a linebacker or something I just don't see him uh, really hanging on anywhere uh, any substance you know because he's a first rounder uh, he, he, he'll bounce around and get a bunch of uh, a bunch of looks but I mean you can't cover you can't cover it is what it is well, there's a lot of tape on Abram. There's a reason why he keeps getting picked up. Um, but there's only tape in him in Gus Bradley's system and Patrick Graham's system. That, that's it, right? And systems are a very, very big deal. Now, you're right. If, he, if, if the skills just aren't there and can never be found, then it's a mute point. But I'm a very big believer in systems, right? Like, look no further than our, like, our running back system, right? Went from the Rams. He was amazing because he had great guys in front of him, and he was able to free and be him. Comes to the Raiders, and it was trash, right? Absolute trash, right? So it's – there. There are, I don't need to tell you, there are limited examples of guys sucking, 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 or being great, 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 and doing the opposite somewhere else. So, um, and also I understand why the six picked them up. The, the Raiders just gashed them for 303 yards from Josh Jacobs. They got destroyed up front in the game before that. Like they are desperate for some, for some run defense, absolutely desperate. And there's one, and if there's one thing we know that John Amber can do, it's and it's thump. So I get the signing. By the Seahawks, it costs them almost nothing, right? Take a stab at him. You're you're desperate for some run help. Give him a shot. See how he does. Um, and I think, and you're right. I think he'll get a couple more looks if he doesn't work in work in Seattle. But 
don't know. Yeah. It's just there, there's, there's, I think there's just enough of very specific skill that I think I'm more optimistic than you that he can find some kind of role somewhere. Be a Pro Bowl safety somewhere? I doubt it. But some kind of role somewhere with the way that he plays? I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's there's the, the right defensive coordinator, I think, can make him a contributor. The game that ruined John, uh, Jonathan Abrams' career was the second Chiefs game last year. Mm. Whenever Abram, whoever Abram was covering in man, they just automatically went deep. They did a lot of motion, and whoever he was on, they just took it deep. And eight of nine for 125 yards and three like three touchdowns he gave up that game. Um, I just don't see it, man. I don't care what kind of scheme you're in. I don't care how you tried to hide him. Defensive co- offensive coordinators will find a way to exploit his severe deficiency in pass coverage. And I I see him after this after this. Uh, after his uh, rookie contract is done after this year, uh, I see him signing for a low contract and being a special teams guy, not really playing too much mm. uh, in, in, on defense. I see him being a core special teamer because you can't trust him in pass defense. You just can't do it. And I don't care how well you try to hide him. He's showing us he, he just he's not picking it up. He doesn't have that skill. They should just change his jersey number every time he goes in there so they don't know it's him. All right. Just switch jerseys with people randomly. So in in, 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 uh, in high school, um, shout out to my homie Greg Cleave. Greg Cleave was – I went to school with him from like fourth grade on, and he was always like the fastest freaking guy at our school. White dude. And um, – Going for the whites. Yeah, right. White guy. He had – I mean, in like fourth grade, he had like – really big hamstring muscles like he was just built to be fast mm. so he didn't really play with like football he's more of a track soccer guy and then um i think our junior season he's like oh i'm gonna try get football a try and we would just like you know end around left end around right like sweep left sweep right we would just did he would just kill it and uh we tried using him on uh kick return so what we did was we were like all right dude i heard the coach like all right greg go out there and we'll try to hide you, hide you behind a couple of guys, and just bend down like you're tying your shoe, and kind of like try to cover your number up. So when they kick off, whoever catches it, we'll just hand it off to you, and you take it. So they, they would try to kick away because they would <laughs> they would kick away from him. Yeah, and uh, you know it worked a couple times. They like we had they had a specific <laughs> spy like getting him, but he was that freaking good, man. He was that fast. And I played against uh, Ruben Drones. He played for. Um, the Broncos, I think, for one of their the Super Bowl wins, uh, and he was he was the fastest guy I ever played against, and uh, they were. I mean, Ruben Jones is a little bit more of a running back, more shifty, but they were they were as far as speed wise goes, they were the same. There was no difference, and uh, I mean, you try to hide guys, you just can't do it, man. It's like they're gonna find it out and they're gonna figure out as soon as as soon as um, Andy Reid figured out how to exploit. And, and isolate Jonathan Abram in, in, in man coverage as a wrap. Wrap. Well, in, fair, in fairness to him, like I'm not trying to defend his poor coverage, but Gus Bradley was almost always in zone. So, like, he'd be covering guy. Like, it'd be like his zone and guys would beat him. We were like, oh, he's marked up on that guy, and that's the stats. Like, those are – I don't trust – I treat those stats for, like, PF, like, PFF grades. It's like, 
well, he's responsible for him. It's like, uh, he was in the flat in a cover three. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, he's not good. Well, I get it. But like, that, that's what I'm saying. Is, dude, he, got, he, he, he got beat for like a 50 yard touchdown by a third string running back. Mm. A third string running back took him deep and jumped over him and caught a touchdown pass. That's that's who he is, man. And I understand that he does what he does really well, but he does poorly what he does poorly, exponentially worse. And uh, if you're a DB and that's the thing that you don't do well, you can't hide him, man. I mean, he's got he's got something that coaches in GMC, man. Like again, first round pick. It's he ego, was he bro. was it's our ego. starter. He was our starter up to like four games ago, three four it's, games. Ago. So ego. even Patrick it's... Graham was like. All right, he's our starter. He's the best option coach, we have. Coaches, no, 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 that's not true. It's ego. It's coach's ego. This is a first-round pick. I can get some. I can fix him. I can get some. It's all it is, man. It's ego. And you would think that you would learn, and maybe the smarter coaches do learn and don't try to pick up these guys, but it's all ego, man. It's all ego. Well, then our it's defense is extra fucked, if that's how Patrick Graham is treating it, where it's like, I can well, fix this I guy mean, as opposed to what's actually in front of me. Well, I mean, he learned from it, and they instead of putting him and keeping him on the bench, it, he said what I said at the beginning of the year: you can't win with that guy on your team. Like, why? Why would you even keep him on the team now? Like, you've seen what he can do and what he can't do. Mm-hmm. Let's just cut cut bait and move on. Let's let's hope he's learned from that lesson and try not to do that again. Uh, so Nate Hobbs is off IR. He was eligible to play against Seattle, but then he got sick and couldn't play. So he's Ah. which I guess kind of works out good because he gets one extra week of rest in a game we won, right? So I guess it's mm-hmm. kind of lucked into that one. Um, but will he play? So he's been practicing, and the question is, will he play? Uh, Hondo Carpenter of, uh, of SI, he was asked this in like a mailbag. Like, do you think Nate Hobbs and Josh Jacobs will play this week? And he said yes to both. No, cool. di- no, you know, like observations, no reason why. He just kind of gave... Uh, yes. So it looks like we're getting Nate back on the field on uh, on Sunday, which would be great. Um, but is he 100%? That's the question. I think if he was able to go last week with an extra week, um, I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear about any, any ligament damage to the thumb. It was just a break. So it's just the bone, and it, it – it, 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 it's been given plenty of time to heal. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he'll be fine. It I did require surgery, but like you said, we didn't hear about soft tissue injury. So it's that weird yeah. middle ground, you know? Well, I mean, the surgery was so it'll heal faster and it'll, it'll heal properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just to keep the bone immobilized. That's all it was. So it wasn't like, you know, they had to reconstruct it or anything like that. So, I mean, it's a, it was just a, I say just a bone break, but I mean, you're you broken bones, right? I can tell you that breaking a finger is if you have to break if you had if you had to have any injury that's probably the one you'd want. If you're like here's a list of like the 100 top injuries in football. Break like I broke my third metacarpal, my um my ring finger on my left hand in in college. So it ended my season because I was a wrestler and I had to grip. be able to grip, yeah. Be able to grip, right? So my my season was over and I also wanted the medical red shirt. And if I came back I would have lost it. So hand so fact though. I had a, I had a, a, a facto, cast on you for, worked for me, right? Uh, I, I had a cast on for six weeks. 
Now, again, I'm not, uh, I don't have the world's best orthopedic surgeons and doctors and millions of dollars on the line to rush me back. Um, so it, it was that for that while, but like, it's a bone, it breaks, it heals, you're fine. That's it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it was a bone break. And I'm, I'm not trying to say like minimize it because, you know, people have broken bones and it's been catastrophes, right? Mm-hmm. But a simple bone break, no soft tissue issue, no ligament damage, nothing like that. So you stick a pin and a couple wires in it so it doesn't move, it heals perfectly, and you're good to go. Once it heals, you're good to go. It's just, you know, doing some uh, uh, some PT to get that hand strength back because you haven't been using it. You're good. So I'm glad we get Nate Hobbs back because he's going to have his hands full. Raiders charges coming up this Sunday. Chargers minus one and a half point favorites. In Las Vegas, remember the last time Raiders and Chargers played at Allegiant Stadium? It was maybe the most exciting game of last season. Really? The Raiders go into overtime, rip the hearts out of Chargers fans everywhere, all seven of them, knocked them out of the playoffs, knocked us into the playoffs for the most miraculous late season runs in Raider history, and one of the most exciting games in Raider history. That was the last time. These two faced off at Illusion Stadium. And uh, and I was thinking, like, with how good it felt sweeping the Broncos in back-to-back-to-back seasons, here's another reason why not to tank. The Chargers are a game behind the Jets in the wildcard race. Imagine knocking them out of the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. Like, if they're they're one game out, let's say that they end the season one game out of making the playoffs, we can say, yeah. We kept the Chargers out of the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. That's that's worth dropping back a few spots in the draft. Um, yeah, honestly, like we're we're at what number ten right now? Projected number ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I I see us. I read something that the Raiders are projected to go on a five-game winning streak. So the first two that we want, plus the next three. Uh, Chargers, Rams, and Patriots, I think. Mm-hmm. No, six game winning streak because after that, they were favored against the Steelers. Uh, I could totally see it happening. Then it's uh, what Niners and Chiefs, Niners we and Chiefs, the last never two. Be, we were not gonna be favored against them. Yeah, no. Uh, so it, it's it would be sweet, but I, I don't see us with the way we're playing now offensively specifically i don't see us uh you know just taking a dump the rest of the season so we're not going to get a top 10 pick anyway we're going to be in that purgatory you know 12 to 15 I mean, if, if we were tanking we were going to tank uh, when we were two and seven right like it's like we're not but i'm just saying like yeah to all you people out there that have been begging for the raiders to tank like remember how good it felt sweeping the broncos remember how good it felt knocking the chargers out of the playoffs last season Remember how good, like, that's why we're watching, right? Like, you gotta, it's like, oh, if we, if we don't win a Super Bowl, then nothing matters. It's like, no, you can get, like, you're supposed to enjoy watching your team. Like, let's get some enjoyment out of this season and knocking the, you know, being a piece of knocking the Chargers out of the playoffs will feel great. And we got yeah, a good shot, right? We're, we're only minus one and a half point, uh, they're only one, minus one and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. Not very big. Yeah. Uh, they have on IR JC Jackson, Joey Bosa, and one, two, three defensive tackles. Right, so they've got they got an all they got an all pro IR. Right. Well, um, also the biggest one I think is Rashawn Slater, mm-hmm. the left tackle. That's the biggest yeah. one for me. 
because we got to get pressure on this dude. He's special. Well, let's start there then. Um, let's start there with uh, with Justin Herbert. The uh, he averages 273 yards per game. He has 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions this season. 92.7 rating. The mm. Raiders opposing quarterbacks. Oh this God! Is depressing. We've given up 103.6 QBR last in football. And opposing quarterbacks have the best completion percentage against us in all of football. So if Justin Herbert has time, they're going to put up 45 on us. Easy. If they have, if, if he has time. This is going to uh, – this is going to – well, you know, there's ways around it, right? If we get Nate, Nate Hobbs back, he can keep like – because Austin Eckler is so good in the passing game. If, he, if Hobbs can cover him, that's a big thing. Um they don't have all their receivers and they haven't for most of the season. So that, that helps too. But dude, their backup receivers like Palmer and that other dude, those guys are good, man. They got talent. It's, it's a top five roster talent wise. The chargers are a top. There's maybe, maybe three teams more talented than chargers pure talent wise, but they're hurt and Brandon's daily. Right. Uh, so Justin Herbert's going to be slinging it. Like you said, that uh, you know, having having your your tackle out, if Max Crosby can make life miserable, and if our defensive tackles can get in, I think they have a backup guard too, or like a struggling guard that's like giving up like some insane amount of pressures. If our defensive tackles, like last week, did well, mm-hmm. like the Seahawks are terrible in the trenches, um, offensively and defensively, right? Like they're awful, right? And so this is the rare time where our offensive line did well, and our defense, you know, defensive tackles and stuff started getting pressures. If we can keep that momentum going against a similar built team, hopefully we can slow down Herbert and company. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, man. I think what we're going to, we're not going to be able to slow him down. I just don't think just because we just don't have the talent to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of those seven interceptions, he throws them in bunches. So we have to really take, take our chances and go for, uh, and go for, uh, be more aggressive and go for these turnovers, man. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. That's that's really our only hope is to stop to stop Jai's by turning the ball over. Um, uh, they don't re- particularly rush the ball that well. Um, terrible Eckler, running game. Yeah, awful Eck, running game. Eckler is more of a threat out of the backfield receiving wise. Uh, and you get him the ball, you know, he's a freaking a legit power lifter. Like he's strong as hell. Yeah. So if you get him the ball moving downhill, he's not going to try to be shifty with it. He's going to run right over you. So. We need to make sure that our linebackers are on point, our safeties are on point. Uh, but I, if there's ever a game for us to play old school Raiders secondary football, it's this game because we have to stay in their jock. We have to play aggressive because our only shot we're not gonna we're not gonna slow them down, sagging back in the zone. He's just not gonna do it because Herbert will make the bad decision and still complete it most of the time because he's that the- good. The worst quarterbacks in the NFL this season, uh, Russell Wilson's, you know, like these terrible quarterbacks we've played have all had career games against. Yeah, the best season. games against us this right? year. Imagine what Justin Herbert with time will do. So, again, the, the it's it's their strength versus our weakness for sure. The good news is we don't have to play the run hardly at all. Just DB, you know, defensive ends and tackles, go get the quarterback. DBs, head in a swivel, play aggressive, you know, go for the ball, right? You know, if you're not... 
go for the tackle, but go for the ball, you know, like a little extra, a little extra, extra ball, less body, you know, 20% more ball, 20% less body. Um, they'll know what to do, which is a big part of defense, right? Like if you know what your responsibilities are and like the, like the game plan is simplified, get the quarterback, get interceptions. Hopefully they can play fast. Um, on the flip side, the great news is they have literally the worst run defense in football. They give up 5.6 yards per carry. Literally. Literally. And we have Josh from the fucking Jacobs. Um, yep. So he, he, uh, the good news today on the injury report um, with that calf that he almost didn't play last week and then he did and ran for three and three yards. Uh, he, he was in limited practice today, Wednesday, when we were recording this. So Jacobs is playing. And it's that's more maintenance than anything. Just, yeah. just making sure he's okay. So like the, the calf issue that, well, I mean, it was a bigger issue on Sunday than people thought. Like they were, an hour before the game. It was a game sure time decision. Yeah, it was a game yeah. time decision. So it's, it's, it's not nothing, but everything's trending good, right? Everything's trending in the right direction, especially, you know, running for 303 yards. Uh, yeah, so, and they don't have Joey Bosa, which is big. I mentioned three defensive tackles on IR. So the momentum that this O-line has been building, like they've been getting... You know, it's like um, like when a boxer gets knocked out, he takes like two or three kind of like warm up fights. You know, that was that's what we're in the middle of with our mm-hmm. O line. Some really bad defensive fronts for our O line to kind of get their groove back a little bit. Bad run defense, bad yeah. defense. You know, half the the defensive line is on IR. Uh, this is potentially another huge game for Josh Jacobs and a really really good confidence game for our O line. It, it definitely can be. Um... I think it was the perfect storm last game. They had two, I mean, elite pass rushers, and we had we didn't quite have our groove, you know, offensive line wise the first game. Plus, you had a, a, a jumpy Derek Carr trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams a little bit. Maybe he was just a little juiced up and made some poor decisions with the ball. I think we're a lot in a lot more, the, the waters are a lot calmer this time around. A little bit more clarity in the offensive line, a little bit more clarity in our game plan of what we need to do as far as running the ball and using Josh Jacobs, a little bit more clarity, a little bit more uh, uh, kind of a game, a better game plan going forward uh, for Devonta Adams, the emergence of Mac Hollins, Foster Morrow being a little bit more uh, reliable. I think that'll calm uh, Carr down a little bit as well. Uh, I just, for whatever reason, whenever Carr plays Khalil Mack, he gets real jumpy, and we need to do uh, what we did the first time we played Khalil Mack when he was still with the Bears, and just keep it simple, uh, chip him, make it difficult for him, and use the running game. Yeah, there's only one um, all-pro defensive end to worry about, which is nice. Jeez. And he's and he's slowed down. Khalil, Khalil, you know, he's getting up there. He's, he's not the same Khalil Mack that was with us. Um, slow down a little. Still good, but slow down a little bit. And that is, I think, the biggest matchup is Illuminor versus Khalil Mack. Don't look now. I can't believe I, I was reading this right. Illuminor's gotten really good. He hasn't allowed a sack or a quarterback hit since week three. Um, you know how I feel about PFF grades, but for what it's worth, he has an overall grade of at least 70 in four of the last five games. And the only time that he didn't get at least 70 was when Colton Miller was out. And he had to play left tackle instead of right tackle, right? So he was playing out of position. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's tied for the 10th highest grade offensive tackle in that time frame. Like Illuminor was like, he's found his stroke. 
And and like and this is this like we were I, we were talking about how the old line can get their groove back because they got it easy. This is opposite for Illuminor. This is his chance to show like okay, it wasn't a fluke these last few games. It wasn't just bad bad de- uh, defensive fronts I was playing against. I'm going against Khalil freaking Mac, and I'm gonna hold and I'm and I'm gonna now they're gonna hopefully game plan correctly, right? Chip him with the tight end, have you know extra offensive linemen. Well, yeah, like all those other, all those things, but that's a matchup to watch very very closely. Uh, it's, it was surprising when I saw it, but then when I looked at, at the tape, cause you know, look, if I'm making a, a, um, uh, or looking specifically for the offensive line, like if I'm looking at, uh, like a running play that went bad or you know, a bad, you know, bad protection, that's when I focus on the offensive line. When I started watching, when I read this, I look at a couple of plays from different quarters of, of the last game and yeah, he's playing a lot better. We, he, you know, we can do without all the penalties, but. Uh, as far as his play goes, he's going to get playing much better, and this this sets us up a little bit for um, Thayer Munford, who is mm-hmm. I think PFF's highest graded rookie on our team. Uh, actually, moving and playing the guard and taking over Alex Barr's position either later this year or next year because Alex Barr has been he's been going down the hill, dude. He's he's been playing worse and worse every game, uh, but. We have that flexibility with Munford. Uh, and that's in the seventh round is when you draft a offensive lineman and use flexibility as a positive, not in the first round. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to draft a first round tackle because he can also play guard. Like you better be a fucking badass at playing tackle. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a possibility as well moving forward. But um, it's going to be every game presents its challenges. Uh, I think that the confidence that we have uh, in the last few games is really going to be put to the test uh, this next game and hopefully we come through. This O-line gave up six sacks in week one, the first time we played the Chargers. It's a good thing that they're back together, right? And that was so no Bosa, and we found our stroke. That number better be drastically low, like two, <laughs> considering everything. Ah, uh, ready to do some what up win backs? Yes, sir. Boogie's Moolah B. Sweet name. I'm like a Raider. Uh, talking about the uh, Seahawks game. This game was the first game the offense steps up and does their job. The defense is always going to give up points, but hold it down and get us that opportunity to win at the end. Every game falls on the offense. No excuses when you look at the salary structure. So this is something you bring up all the time and we bring up all the time. But I was thinking, okay, well, then where's the line? Right? Where's that line? Like, you're right. 70% of the salary caps on offense, get it. That's where they need, they need to play much better than defense. But how, how far will that excuse go? Like, how many points can a defense give up? And we're okay with it. And where is that line? Because you can't use that excuse for every game, right? You can't, you can't say, like, like, all right, yeah, you gave up 60 points. It was up the offense to score 61, right? Like, there, there's got to be a line somewhere. Um, I disagree. I think the defense has to give us a chance to win. And in every single one of our losses but one, our offense had the chance to win. So we know where we are defensively. We're not, and we know where the salary structure is and where the bread is buttered. So I don't have a, a, a number that we shouldn't go over in the flow of the but, game but, as but long there, as our defense. There needs to be, right? Like if, if, if we, like no, I said, if we lose a game. It doesn't need if to we be. lose a game 60 to 58, it's the offense's fault. 
if the offense has the ball late in the game with a chance to win, you're goddamn right. Because that's why that's you have that's no, no, fucking it's not. ludicrous. That's it's not absolutely because, insane. Okay. That's no, insane. it's not because the defense has to do has to carry their weight somehow. I understand that. But as long as the defense gives us a chance to win at the end of the game, then we have to rely on what you spent your money on to come through in the big moment. And that is our offense. 75% of our money is on the offense. That's supposed to carry our team. And if our defense does enough to keep us in the game, then yes, that's fine. I, I, I was understand. using an exaggerated number just to get you to like to follow along and then like play with me. But you're like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Give up 60 no. points. That's fine. As long as we have the ball at the end, like, as, you're, you're as, insane. You're absolutely no, insane. That's not insane at all yeah. because no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's no, crazy. Look, how, how many times have we given up 30 points in this, in the season? Off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Twice 30 exactly. And then 34. So it's not like we're getting gouged every single freaking week for a ton of points. Okay. We're, we're also play, we're also playing some of the worst offenses in football. Like, like it doesn't matter, man. We it, only we can it only does matter. It, it doesn't matter. RJ, look, get that out of your head right now because it doesn't matter because those are the teams that we're playing. All right. So as long as our offense, as long as we give our offense a chance, because we know it's not like we have this great offense and we're excuse me, it's not like we have this great defense and we're leaning on our defense to keep us in games. We're leaning on our offense to keep us in games because that's where the money is and that's how the roster is constructed. As long as our defense gives us a chance to win, that's good enough. I wish you would give the defense the same standards you oh, give. Oh, you give Dinger Carr. Blah, I really blah, blah. would. I really Get would. Over it. Change, change the record, bro. Look, you have to be – you have to be – how about you get com- common sense, dude? Like, I use an exaggeration, 60-57. There's no way you'll blame it on the offense. Where's the number? Like, no, 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 still offense's fault. If we have the ball, they can give up 60. Like, that's fucking nuts. I'm like, not saying they can hold the or they... To some standard. I'm not saying they can or they should, but when has, a, when has our offense given up 60? So, like, you're, you're giving, you're, you're, you're using this hypothetical, and I'm using real-world, real-game numbers. We've had... And in six of our seven losses, we've had the ball with under three minutes in the game with a chance to take the lead or tie the game, okay? And we are, what, two and six in those games? That's not good enough when your offense has 75% of the of the, of the cap. They have 75%, not 99 or 100% of the cap. Again, you last should Last in takeaways, last in sacks, least. and every single team we've played so has scored more than their – has scored more than their average points per game. So every single team, team we've played has scored more points against us than they normally do. And every quarterback we play has like their best game of the season. There has to be a line for you somewhere, Soto, where that's okay, not acceptable. So let, me, let me ask you this. With 75% of the cap, how many of those games should we win percentage-wise then? With the ball. I understand the question. Okay. With the percentage of the cap that our offense has, how many of those games with the ball under three minutes, chance to tie or take the lead? We've had eight so far, and we've won two, so we're twenty-five percent. How many? What percentage? Given seventy-five percent of the of the cap on offense, what percentage is passable? Okay, how, how many? No, how answer many, the question. No, 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 no. I answer am. The I am. I, I'm genuinely answering your question. My, but this is this is how I want to answer. This is the correct way to answer it. Is how many? With that, with that amount of money on our cap, 
how many drives should end in touchdowns for the Raiders? Because that's the question you're asking. Because you're saying 100% of the time that they have the ball at the end of a game, they need to score a touchdown to win the game. That's what you're saying. It's it's the no. offense's fault to do that. No, 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 no. I didn't say 100% of the time it was a touchdown because you don't always need a touchdown to win the game. Okay, well, how many, how many, what percentage of plays should this offense score a touchdown or field goal? Because that's the question you're asking. No, that's not the question I'm asking. It is RJ, the question you're RJ, asking. You're, 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 you still wait. You're, you're still on this stat kick. Okay. That because. Oh, facts. Yes. I am on a fact. Kick. I, I tend to do that a lot. No, 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 no. RJ, you got to get off that. You got to get off that because fact, passing yards in the first quarter don't mean as much as passing yards in the fourth quarter. Okay. RJ. Passing yards and stats in the first quarter don't mean as much as those same stats in the fourth quarter. They mean more. Just like we talked about the defense of Max Crosby, in the big moments, he came up big. They mean, they're, 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 they're worth more when there's more on the line later in the game. So what percentage of those situations are you counting on 75% of your cap on your offense to come through? Whatever the average is for whatever points we have per drive that we need. If we need a touchdown, again, that's how many? ridiculous. That's it isn't ridiculous. ridiculous. That's how it works. It is. No, it's not how it works, RJ. Look, that's the problem that I have with a lot of these stat monkeys out there who just look at stats. All right. Because, again, uh, uh, I'll use your, your favorite example, Mr. Derek Carr. He's having a great statistical season, right? He's having a really good season. He's, turnovers are low, touchdowns are getting up there and everything, right? But then you look at the fact that he had three interceptions in one game. He had two games with less than 40 yards in the second half where he gave he had big leads in the first half. And then another game where he couldn't get past midfield in almost the entire game. So these are things that count more than just – because, look, if you look at, let's say, the Arizona game and the Jacksonville game, statistically, if you look at just the stats – they didn't look that bad. You think, okay, it's, an, it's a normal game. But if you take into, into account, he had a baller first half and he took a complete dump in the second half, allowing the team to come back, that is a bigger issue. So you can't just say, oh, well, you know what? We did enough because that's what we should have done. You can't because the amount of points you score, whether you score 40 points in the first half and none in the second, or you score them all in the first quarter, or you div divvy it up equally, it's still the final point score. Like, that's all that matters is the final point score. So to be like, well, you know, we're demanding that if they have the ball with a minute 30 left, they have to score. And if they don't, that's 100% on the offense. I didn't say it's that. I didn't say, I didn't say that. You're, how about you're the defense, words. How about the defense putting... doesn't put the offense in a hole at the end of every game? How about just every third game, every other game, instead of every fucking game, every okay. game, the defense so, puts us in a hole. Eight out of 11 games so it's not every single game number one and you have to take a look at other things as well you have to take a look at what are some things that you didn't do earlier in the game that put us in that position are you how are you helping this defense so again you, you have to put you if you have you're, you're still looking at this as a 50 50. There's I'm not. Offense, no, 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 yes, no, no, not at all. We, we are in complete agreement that the offense needs to carry far more weight. So than you're not answering I'm, I'm in my full question. Agreement. I'm so asking saying, you where the line is, and you're saying the line doesn't exist. They can score. The, the, the offense, the defense can give up 60 points, and it's up to the offense if they have the ball at the end of the game 
They got to get to 63 or to 67. Otherwise, it's on the offense. And that's bullshit. So if Max Crosby has four sacks in the game and uh, the Arizona game happens where it's like, dude, this in the fourth quarter, he's making converting third down conversions left and right, just, just going crazy on us, and we didn't get a stop. You're not looking at Matt Cros- Max Crosby and like, dude, like this is the big moment. We, we're, we're, we're losing our lead here, or, or we're trying to come back. We, this is why you get paid the big – that's the moment we need you. But if since he, he had four, four sacks, sacks earlier in the game, great, he cannot do he anything four in the fourth sacks quarter, and played fine. great all game, it's not Max Crosby's fault. The rest, the rest of the defense let him and the offense and the rest of the team down. But he's your look, guy it's, in it's, the big moment, RJ. Not all, not every snap is equal, RJ. You're treating them equally. They're not equal. The the ending snaps aren't as big of a deal if you have the same. Like, the end point total is what matters. The end point total is what matters. With you get them again, get them on the first quarter of the fourth. Doesn't matter. Now, clutch gene is great. Makes for great drama. Makes for great highlights. Gets you on Sports Center. It's good. It, it matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But if I can put up all these points, but I don't score in the very final drive, and you blame it on the offense and not the defense, and the defense gives up, you know, a, you know, 42 points. I just want to know where the line is. I'm I'm with okay. you that the offense is no number line in the defense. But this There's idea, no- it's like, well. It's always, please, please tell me you're not saying it is always on the offense if they end the game with the ball, no matter what the score is. Please tell me you're not that absolute about it. I uh, know I'm not. What I'm okay. saying is because you're, okay. you're, you're saying they have to 100% happen. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that much more often than not, the offense has through, especially when your cap is on the offense. The offense, the offense I mean, absolutely has to carry right now. But I, but I just don't know. I, I just want to know where you so think look, the line is on defense. And I don't think you're, I don't think you have. It's that. fluid. It's fluid. My, mine done. is, mine is it's you fluid. have to keep, mine is you have to keep the opposing offense to uh, under 120% of their points per game average. That's where I'm at, right? Like if you could, if you score, if an offense comes in and just for the ease of numbers, they score 20 points a game, you got to keep them under 24, right? They, they, that's the goal is under 24. You don't even have to be an average defense. You can be a below average defense. Just don't be an atrocious defense. That's where I'm at. Because like with Denver, uh, they averaged 24 points per game. They scored 34 on us. That was a that was a bad performance by our defense. We still won. You mean Seattle, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Seattle. Last game, right? Uh they give up 10 more points per game. Or 10 more points than they usually do per game. Now, we, we talked about, and I meant it, we had glimpses of good things out of that defense, right? Some clutch turnovers. Max Crosby got back on the sacks. Like, those are all good things to look at. But an offense that scores 24 points a game, scores 34, that is an overall bad performance by the defense. And the offense saved them, and that's the goal, right? But we still can't – I just can't forgive a defense for giving up that many points. They did come up like Max Crosby came up clutch in overtime, and that's no, great. And that's and that's a big moment, and that's awesome. And mwah. but I still can't say, yeah, defense bailed out. Defense bailed out the team. They did their job. No, they didn't. No, no, they did no, not no. do their job. I, that's, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, 
it's a sliding scale, right? So do I blame if, if, if do I blame the defense? And I no, it's I even said it. It's a poor. It was one of my bad. Am I good, bad, and ugly? They gave up thirty four points. That's bad. I know. That's a I, bad performance. I know. So what that's, I, that's what, why what, I brought it up because I know yeah. you're 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 on how bad the defense did, but. They gave the offense the ball at the end of the game, and that's and you're saying that's all that matters. It's like no, no, no. I'm okay. saying if you're an offensive player in the NFL, all you want is an opportunity. Give me a shot, give me a chance, regardless of what happened. Because you know what, my memory is gone. I'm not going to be happy about oh man, well we did really good for three and a half quarters. No, you gave me a shot at the end of the game. What I'm saying is, if you have 75 percent of the cap on your offense, you should be close to 75 percent winning those games with the ball three minutes or less with a chance to tie one on one score game or, or take what, the lead. What, what do you game. think? What do you think about, about what I say, where you got to keep a team under 125% of their points per game? Well, how'd that work out with the saints when the offense didn't do jack shit? Offense is all. Yes, exactly. That's what yes. I'm saying. So, well, the offense so is look, yeah. like, you don't get shut out and not have offensive play. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But the thing is, is, Use that same logic and that same that same logic and that same math with the cap and where your talent is. So I what am. I'm, what I, what I'm, I'm saying is, you know, I the, am. I what, absolutely am. Where I think we disagree is there's a hard number. Where I'm saying is there's a flow of the game and how that works. But I'm not saying that the offense has to bail us out every single time. But when you have 75% of the cap, your offense can't bail you out only 25% of the time. That's why I'm saying. We can afford to have a bad defense. We can't have an atrocious defense. And only giving, only, only letting the opposing offense score 125 percent or less of their points per points per game, I think, is not asking too much of our defense. If they do more than that, it's a failure. We can still win. Okay. So let's, and, flip that, be, let's flip that question then. Okay. When you have a chance to win at the end of a game, and you have the ball, how how do you see you give 125 percent? How often should that team come through? that offense come through. I mean, it depends how good your, the defense you're playing against is, right? I think that's, I think that has to come into, into the equation, right? If you're playing a tr trash well, you, defense, you, you, you're you like, okay, you got to make offenses. this last one. You didn't say that about the offenses. I did. Yeah. It's a points per game average. So depending on the sliding scale against the Broncos, you shouldn't give up more than 15. So, okay. Against, now let's focus against the on Seahawks, you can give up 28. So let's focus on our team then. How often should the team come through? Percentage-wise, because look, we're not talking about an entire game anymore. We're talking about one drive. So one drive yeah. for the game. How often should this offense come through? Because I, I, I think we can agree that they haven't gone, they haven't come through nearly often enough, twenty-five percent of the time. So mm -hmm. what would you be happy with? Well, again, it, it depends on the offense, or uh, depends on the defense that you're playing. Give me a number. I think a be I think a better stat. I think a better way to, to gauge it is flipping it. What I said. So, like, whatever the um, points per game given up on the defense, whatever that number is, the Raiders should be able to do 150% of that. What if you're right? already past so like, that? Huh? What if you're already past that? What if it's a then, then the offense did their job. Turnovers. The offense didn't do their job because they have a chance at the end of the game, RJ. This is, this is the problem we're having. Is okay. Well, you know what? We fucked up at the last. We, we didn't score the last time we had the ball, but you know what? We scored a lot more than we usually do, so you know we're good. Look, part, I part of any, I don't think anybody they're, they're in the not, coaching they're not, laying, they're not laying down, but we're talking about where do you lay the blame? Like this is where this conversation is. Like who's at fault here, offense or defense? Defense is bad, but they only have 
It's worth, I think it's 30% of the cap. All, so all you, all you can ask for is an opportunity, RJ. Offensively, you can ask any coach on the offense and any player on the offense. Just give me the ball at the end of the game and give me the chance. They're not going to look at what they did before the game because none of that matters in that specific point because you have that drive to make to make it happen. And that's what makes heroes, and it does matter, but what matters more is the entire game and getting it right the entire game. And to I say, all right, the that. offense, you're, you're, you're to blame or not to blame based on one drive is a stupid way to evaluate an op- offense. So let me ask you a question. Do, does, uh, do plays in your own 20 matter as much as plays in the opponent's 20? Or the like third matters more? Yeah. The same. What about a, a you know a, a play from midfield to a, a play in the red zone? Well, what matters more? Same. That's not true. You don't uh, get into the red zone unless you move the ball. But you're already the there, the RJ. The, op- the you're already there. The, the what you want to do is is you're getting closer to your goal. So those those snaps matter more. They're more important. Situations matter. What I'm trying to say is situations matter, RJ. Situations matter. So mm. you can't tell me that snaps in the first quarter mean sure. more than snaps in the fourth S- quarter. They situations matter, matter but not at the expense of the whole game. Not I'm, the not, expense saying, of I'm being- not saying it's at the expense, RJ. I'm not saying okay. that it has to be a, a definite, but you're not giving me a percentage. You asked you ask for a percentage, a, a number from me, and I told you it's fluid. But what about the – you're? why don't you answer what you're asking for? Well, the, well the, the same thing I'm asking is it would depend on the defense. So, like, whatever their – um again what if you're already past it but you have the chance to win rj that's what i'm saying that's you what i'm trying to get at. so whatever so whatever an opposing defense's um like two minute drill averages it should be 20 percent better than that fair so let's say you have the best two minute defense in football and they and they give up they give up a touch they give up a touchdown one every five times I don't agree, get, but we should just move on. I don't think I don't agree two. with it. I don't agree with that logic. I I I think that you don't think the quality of opponent defense matters in this discussion. At that point, uh, it doesn't because you have the ball and you have a chance. So it doesn't matter if you're playing the best defense in football or the worst defense in football. Is that what you're saying? From the, an offensive perspective, no. All you want is a chance. All you want is a chance. El eighty nine sixty two. I think your argument is trying to give your boy DC a little bit of a wiggle room for not po- coming through. That's what I think. Well, I know you think that because you make everything about DC. No, no, no. I don't. You, you do. But you, what you try to do is you try to give outs. All your arguments have outs for players on the offense. What and outs? Leader... You just well, well, said you know what? He didn't the best through, defense you know the worst what? defense doesn't matter. Well, how can, you know I, how can I talk he... to a person like that? He, you know what? He already scored uh, 150% of what the defense gives up. He had the ball at the end of the game, but you know what? It's not, you know, I can't fault him for not coming through more than 25% of the time because, you know what? He, he scored a bunch of points earlier in the game, so it doesn't, situations don't matter. It, it's all about what his stats look like. No. If a team, if a team scores 45 points that's what and, you're our, saying, and our defense gives if up 48. Stats, if his stats look good, you're gonna, you're on the offense. he's fine. He has an opportunity. Not all snaps are the same. VL8962. Uh, <laughs> I just thought this was funny. This fucking yeah, team wins when they need to lose yeah. and loses when they need to win. 
look, we were we were never going to tank. It was never going to happen. Get it out of your mind. It should have been out of your mind a month ago. It should be out of your mind a month from now, and it should be out of your mind right this second. It was never, if the team was tanking, Zamir White would be getting all the carries, right? Oh, like, yeah. it, it was never that was never happening. So we should be trying to win every game, and they should never lose a game. They should always win a game. Get that out of your head. Yeah, we're not tanking. Just we're going to try to win every single game. Cardboard and plastic. Uh, even Amari Cooper. This is the video of Carr crying um, at the post presser two games ago. Uh, this team. This, uh, this team. Presser. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a plane to Orlando to, tomorrow to to work UFC. Uh, the Raiders are two and zero after Derek Carr cries in pressers. By the way. Uh, even Amari Cooper, who many people thought hated Carr, said that Carr was his favorite teammate. I don't think anybody knows how respected Carr is in that locker room. I had never seen this before. I had to look it up. This is from the Trust Levels podcast. Um, Cam Jordan, Saints old DN, is the, asked this question. Uh, favorite teammate of all time? Uh, Derek Carr. Okay. Now, I would have loved a follow-up question. Right. I mean, it sounded like it was a rapid fire thing, but I would be very curious why, because I thought that Amari had beef with the whole team, the whole franchise, like he just wasn't happy there. If you're not happy at a team and you're a wide receiver, you're almost 100% not happy with the quarterback. So this this was shocking to me, because if anyone had a reason, like if anyone on paper looked like they had beef with their quarterback, with, with Derek Carr, it would have been like an Amari Cooper. Yeah, I don't see it that way. I see it as you have a personality uh, like John Gruden. It's very like my way or the highway type. Even though he is a player's coach, he's a player's coach to the guys that fall in line. You know, he's a player's coach to his kind of player. Exactly, he's a player's coach that you know massages his the massages ego. Oh, Mister Gruden, Coach Gruden, this and that. Like people, you know, uh, uh, Derek Carr calls Josh McDaniels Josh not coach Gruden, mm-hmm. you know? So it's uh, like he called John Gruden, called him coach Gruden. So, you know, I can see, I, I can definitely see uh, Derek Carr still being his favorite teammate because he was there when he got into the league and he was young and he, by all accounts, Derek Carr's a great teammate to everybody. And um, that's some good years together, man. That's some good years together. Part of me was like, okay, well, he can't, he doesn't want to play favorites on the team that he's on because he's got to like, yeah. well, you know, someone's gonna be like, well, why didn't you say me? I want to say I was your best friend. So I was like, all right, maybe you just picked. Well, what did you see? but you chose nobody. No, no. But you would like pick someone from a, a, you know, your last team just to kind of make it not that way. But I was like, well, yeah, I was, this is 13. Like he had a lot of people to pick from and he, mm-hmm. and he chose car and, and he picked him pretty quick. I don't know that I had, that's, that's about a month old. I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not that shocked. I'm not that shocked. I can see. I can see him saying Derek Carr because ultimately it wasn't Derek Carr that wanted him gone in, 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 in Oakland at the time. Yeah. Gruden was just, you know, being Gruden. All right, that's it for us. Uh, we'll have post game show coming up Sunday for Chadges coming into town. A little optimism, Raider Nation these days, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Two game win streak will do that. Not that long ago, we were like at each other's throats and burn everything down. Salted goes through nothing grows again. But now it's like, oh, yeah, we can beat the Chargers. Oh, yeah. And we can. Only uh, one and a half point dogs. So we'll see you guys at the postgame show live. And until then, 
Welcome, whatever you're with me.